The mentality of leaders can be modeled in books, YouTube videos, and other paid courses. The problem that many individuals have is that these models are rooted to the author's viewpoint. It's a bias that complicates a potential leader's effectiveness. While we, during this series, have had a great and general focus on leadership skills, leading like Jesus is rooted in your abilities and understanding. The mold for your leadership is based on you, not the author's bias. This is why Jesus is a great model for leadership. His teachings and examples are general enough to follow, but flexible and specific to the individual. Like any business, Jesus has three points to his ministry. There is a vision, a mission, and a core value or values. In the tradition of keeping it simple, stupid, or KISS philosophy, Jesus' vision, mission, and values are rooted in simple two to four word statements. For Jesus, his vision was a universal kingdom. His mission was global evangelism and his core values focused on loving God and people. From a minimum wage job to the CEO's office, these values do translate to the secular world. While religious promotion in the workplace is frowned upon, a leader focused on God still has a place in the secular world. This is because to lead like Jesus and having God-centric leadership values, you need to incorporate six components that make up a good leader like Jesus. The first one is a commitment to excellence. Hard to fathom in a minimum wage job, I understand, but great leaders always started at the lowest rung in a corporate or business ladder. Jesus understood that setting high expectations, then exceeding those expectations, creates habits to continue a rise in the ministry, or in your case, the businesses you work for. Jesus' teachings basically stated that God and mediocrity do not mix. Now, this does not mean you will not screw up or make mistakes. Commitments are a process, not just a focus. And this commitment to excellence means continuing to learn. This could be due to promotion requirements or self-improvement. In either case, this commitment to excellence is far-reaching and provides an example to your team. Second, leaders have the heart of evangelism. This has two paths. The religious path is well-documented and well-known. The secular evangelism portion is different, but rooted in the Great Commission. Instead of spreading the word of Jesus, secular evangelism develops leaders, then allows them to go forth in the world. Both secular and religious evangelism is the same, but they diverge in the execution, where the Great Commission is to make disciples and spread the word of God and Jesus into the world, secular evangelism's commission is to create great leaders and let them grow other leaders in other companies or their own. Third, leaders build relationships. Leading like Jesus means you focus on the people over the process. People is what make these processes function. You can pretty much automate with an artificial intelligence any procedure, any process, or a function, but it is the person who starts and finishes said operation is your main focus. When I was still in high school, I worked at a local pizza restaurant with delivery and pickup, plus dine-in option. 
eventually I was promoted to assistant store manager. <laughs> you know, at 18, that was a great responsibility. However, I never forgot that the employees, from the dishwasher and cooks to the wait staff and front counter people and the delivery drivers, those were my focus. I trusted their abilities and their jobs because I made sure they understood the focus of the business and the positions that they were in. After that, I had no problems. Well, okay, except for one incident. And basically, we had a banquet room. And at an event, we had a new person come in who was hired by the owner for a favor to a friend. So this kid, hey, he did a great job on you know working the room. He got everything taken care of, orders taken care of. Boom, he was great. But in the end, he decided that he didn't have to do one of the rules that was put in place when that room was created. And that rule was anybody who works that room has to also clean up and set it for the next day. Now that doesn't mean that you set up for an additional event, it's just make sure it's clean, tidy, and available and ready to go just in case we have to open it up for you know expanded business. Well, this kid decided that, oh, the time is up, he needs to leave. I said, no, you need to go and finish the room. Now, there was a heated argument, and I do say heated, uh, between him and I on regards to his time and to his position in regards to him working that room. Now, needless to say, what happened was is the kid punched out, ran home, and basically told his dad, who subsequently told the owner, who subsequently called me. I explained the situation. I stood up for the values and rules that the owner had put in place, even though he tried to argue with me in just overlooking the one time. Now, to this day, when I go home, because I don't live in the same area as I did before, you know, I'm remembered by the same people who I worked with. Even if I run into them on the street or any other place of business, they remember me and have thanked me in long term for their success in their businesses and in their um, employment. This story now leads to the fourth point, integrity. Follow through with everything you say and do every single time. There is no gap in the things you say and the things you do. As my story shows, the rule of the room was the waiter assigned to it was responsible for cleanup after the event. That did not mean that this said waiter could not ask for help, but it was that waiter's responsibility to ensure the room was clean and set. Now, just because the owner called, I still maintained my stance on the rule. This is what makes a good leader into a great leader. Having the integrity to stand by the rules or whatever there is, even if you don't agree with them, and stick by those rules or even your beliefs, even when confronted by those in power. My pizza story also shows the attitude of a servant leader. You know, we wa we talked about this in the previous uh, loading screen message, but I did not realize it at the time the impact I had, nor did I feel that I was a servant. You know, I had come up through the ranks from pizza cutter all the way to the front counter, and then eventually a waiter, a delivery driver, and then to the assistant manager position. So I knew pretty much the aspects of the entire store's operations. So when the kid walked away. You know, I went and cleaned the banquet room. 
You know, cleaning the room myself felt natural. Plus, everyone else had their jobs to do. Many of those on duty asked if they could help me in setting the room. I stated no. And this is not because of pride, but because I knew that the other employees had jobs to complete before closing. You know, I was willing to get my hands dirty. My job as the assistant manager was to ensure the restaurant ran well, but to complete the preparation for next day, day's operations, irregardless of what job I had to perform, and I wasn't just going to stand there and let it go. A great leader who leads like Jesus is willing to get their hands dirty. And finally, you know, a great leader knows that teamwork makes the dream work. Okay, cliche aside. But the last five points culminate in this teamwork mentality. A leader for a team must navigate the stormy seas of the individual personalities that make up the whole team. Well, Jesus knew this, and so you should understand this concept as well. Jesus had 12 people from differing backgrounds, knowledge, and experiences. You have more or less the same issue in a team that you're in. When it comes to teamwork, Jesus acknowledged the team for their work in his ministry, even though his same team would squabble in private over who's the best, who should be on the left-hand side, who's going to be the greatest. Didn't matter. Talent is great, but Jesus knew that teamwork of the Twelve is more important than their talents as individuals. Having an individual focus on their talent for the benefit of the team is what Jesus celebrated. Now, this does not mean you as a leader are to dismiss an individual's talent. Far from it. You are there to reinforce the strengths and talents of each individual as it relates to the team and work on the weaknesses of those same individuals. Now, I know this was a long message, but when it comes to understanding the mentality of a great leader like Jesus, a few minutes is never enough. You notice that my focus on this series is on you. Little is about how I would do things or how I would handle the situation. There is no guide or walkthrough for every situation on the planet. I only mentioned my one story as an example, but you must realize and utilize all the above factors to be a great leader like Jesus. I'll never call myself a great leader because there are other leaders that I look up to and try to example. Of course, Jesus is one of the top five in my list. But part of my list, you know, includes the greatest military commanders of World War II and the American Civil War. And these leaders have six traits in their mentality as leaders, and it is constant. You know, if you look at Generals Patton, Robert E. Lee, Ulysses S. Grant, and also if you look at Colonel uh, Joshua Lawrence Chamberlain, Major Gregory uh, Pappy Boynton, you can find their leadership mentality regardless of how they executed their leadership skills. Follow the same traits that I mentioned above. Until next time.